Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And our goal here is just to inspire you to play more games. And uh, this is what? This is the last episode of the year for us, I think. Yep. And uh, another yes, calendar is. year. <laughs> we usually try to um, kind of do a wrap-up year. And uh, and this is such a weird year to wrap up. And so we're going we're gonna to do our best kind of looking at the, the, the year that was um, and then maybe and maybe try to turn the calendar and, and see what we're hoping for for next year. But uh, before we do that, um, have you guys played any games lately? Nothing on the, uh, on the computer much or uh, even on a board or a table for me, but uh, we've been playing a lot of Mario plus Rabbids for the Switch, which is basically Mario plus a, a game called Rabbids. Never played it, never seen it, but they're really wacky bunny creatures. And okay. so... It's kind of a silly, silly game. You run around. It's very, um, it is very tactical based, which actually kind of then sucked me in a little bit more than uh, <laughs> the other Mario games. But it's yeah. more like you have your team of three. You do your turn. It's box, so you can move like seven cells or seven boxes, and then you do your attack, and you have a chance of critical and all sorts of stuff. Right? You upgrade your characters yeah. as you go, of course. So it's a, it's a grid turn based game. I if I remember right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so each each of your squad has different abilities. You can only have three of the eight characters, six characters available. How many are there? Two Peaches, two Luigi's, two Yoshi's, two Mario. So yeah, eight characters. So you have the eight characters that you can only use three of them at a time when you're playing the regular levels, and they all have their different abilities. So you got that team strategy in there too. So it's been a lot yeah. of a lot of coaching. <laughs> yeah, the rabbits. The rabbits were their own game, but I feel like they were also a spinoff of something else. But I don't remember what. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think they originally came from their own thing. I think they were like some little side thing that was really popular, and so then they got their own thing, and then they mixed it with Mario. I actually remember demoing. I remember doing a demo of Mario and the Rabbids uh, a number of years ago when I got to go get a, um, I got to get a tour at the Nintendo headquarters that was in that's in Seattle or like the Bellevue area, because one of the guys in the War Machine community works there. Um, so one time when we were up there for Lock and Load, actually it was the same year that Grimkin released. Um, I got to go get a tour. And they were having their like mini E3 um, in house. And so I got to see a couple of games that hadn't been fully announced or debuted to the public yet. And that was one of them that I got to play a little cool. demo of. That's neat. Yeah. And to add a little bit of searching, yeah, it's a spinoff of the Rayman series. Okay. I didn't remember if it like part of me wanted to say Earthworm Jim, but I knew that wasn't right. But I had totally forgotten about Rayman. Yep. So, yeah, that's where they're from. So the wackiness, you can now imagine these googly-eyed rabbits that just are absolutely crazy and seemingly indestructible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that heavy time machine, uh, washing machine, that's a time machine. So, anyway. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, I mean, <laughs> duh. It's better than making it out of a DeLorean, right? Right. <laughs> Who makes a time machine out of a DeLorean? 
Hey, hot tubs, I hear, are pretty good. Kind of <laughs> uh, anyway. Is so, the replayability yeah. high on that? So just video games, but yeah. Sorry, what is, was that? Is the replayability very high? Replayability. Um, we haven't beat it yet. I would imagine it's not as not as much because I mean you could I guess you could replay the same levels with different characters. There is a uh, there is a co-op mode that uh, we is pretty hard. It's a little challenging. So that's when two players can get involved. So mm -hmm. one person's controlling two, the other person's controlling the other two, and you can tag between each other and do your your all your turns. But you just have to also remember don't give the enemy their turn before you pass it to your buddy. Um, we've had a few times you hit the wrong key in a hurry, and you go, I didn't even get to move. Um, and so <laughs> those challenges are are interesting. I don't – replayability on those, maybe not as much. But if you wanted to do different levels or something like that with different characters. But, yeah, overall, it'll probably be like we'll probably play it, beat everything, and then it'll sit on the shelf for a very, very long time. Yeah. <laughs> probably has about as much replayability as, like, your standard kind of – tactical rpg type game yeah that doesn't have like an online multiplayer feature system exactly so. uh well i i got to get one game of commander in uh yesterday actually with my two roommates and uh another buddy of ours that we've been playing king's dilemma with um and i ended up i ended up winning with my black red goblins deck so that was pretty cool because that deck doesn't win very often. Um, it can get really crazy really fast, but it's not always consistent enough to do that. Uh, and it's an aggro deck, so a lot of times it falls short sometimes with um, other against combo decks or bigger creature decks because goblins really only get so big. Um, mm -hmm. Played a couple more games of King's Dilemma yesterday as well, which was good. The story's getting more interesting, so we're like going through more, progressing through more of the different storylines. We've gotten three of the six secret stickers that trigger the end game. So um, apparently, you keep playing through enough storylines until you fill up six these six secret stickers at the back of the instruction manual and then that ends the game and then you do the end game scoring and stuff like that so um and i decided that i was going to kind of change some of my tactics with playing playing the house my house different these last two games and felt like i was doing a little bit better um by changing some things but um and then i've also been playing some diablo 3 Nice. But, uh, nothing. Nice. Nothing else really exciting. <laughs> I haven't picked up Diablo since Diablo One, Two. Yeah, you know, I did a little bit of Diablo Two, but that was so long ago. <laughs> okay. I mean, Diablo Two is still super good. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just still remember playing <laughs> Diablo One. What? I mean, okay. This is like, how old is that? Twenty-five odd years. Yeah, I think I <laughs> want to say it came out in like ninety-five. Yeah. Because I know that Diablo 2 was out in the early 2000s while I was in high school. But I, even then, I feel like it had been out. Because I didn't. I don't think I started playing Diablo 2 until Lord of Destruction came out. And by then, the game had already been out for like a year or two or something like that. Gotcha. That was the, the first internet, game. Okay. Yeah. 
That's, that's the first game I started doing, um, like kind of minor hacking on or whatever. There was those mods, and you could oh yeah, double up your objects or like nuke someone out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> what about you, right. Jeremiah? It was your was your birthday weekend between our recording sessions? I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think we recorded a couple of days after my birthday. Okay, I don't remember. But I've time been, is an illusion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of commander in, a lot of commander, and so um, you talked about a deck that doesn't win a lot. I have a yeah. Feldegriff deck that's like famous for coming oh, yeah. in second. It's just a, <laughs> just a big pillow hug. Yeah, and so I, I help everyone out. They let me live long enough until the winner decides to win. Yeah. Um, but I won, so nice. Yeah, um, I uh, kind of tricked Ozzy a little bit, and it feels, <laughs> feels good to beat him because he crushes me <laughs> in most games. And um, and then last week I built a partner deck with Livio Oathsworn, and then. Iktik or something. He's like he's like a green artificer, and so is a Selesnia, um guild. And the first game I played against Ozzy, uh, he crushed me, and it was kind of kind of one on one. I just wanted to see the cards come out and kind of f- get a feel for like the you know the mana count and stuff. And then and then we played a three player with Bryce, and I completely crushed them. It was insane. Like I had, I had like a hundred and forty life or something, and had like a million creatures. Like my board state was insane because my engine that I kind of created happened, and then, yeah. and then in the third game with the same deck, um, it was kind of more average, and I didn't win that game, um, but it, I didn't get crushed, and I didn't crush. It was just kind of just a fun game. Yeah, but it was enough for me to get a sense for the deck, and I'm already ready to take it apart and then find a new partner for Livio. Yeah, and um, and then I'm gonna make a different um, Selesnya Guild deck. So with a, an Elf Scout, um, can't remember the name of the Elf, but um, but it has like a tap ability that is kind of a group huggy kind of ability. So Parlay, I think, is the ability it has. Oh, so, Savala. Savala, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really good. Oh, is she? I I yeah. didn't know. So yeah, I did, I was just reading the card and I was like, this looks like fun to play. So yeah, she's that's all I wanted. I don't remember if it's that version of Savala or the other one where it's actually a very strong competitive commander deck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, she's super good. Cool. But uh, we did she's... get another Frostgrave game in. Yeah. And so we got together uh, with my coworker and who we've been doing our campaign with, you know, and he's like one of the only people outside my family that I see kind of on a regular basis, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so we got our game in and we had finished the cell sword campaign um, prior to our last episode. And so we decided that we would put together um just a series of, of, of scenarios that we would kind of homebrew a little bit. Yeah. And so we took one that already existed in, in the book, and then we made some modifications to how we would set up, specifically 
we made it to V2. And so we would pair up and we based the pairings randomly off of deployment zones. And so depending on how we chose deployment zones would depend who your partner was. Mm-hmm. Well, um, going into the game, the two top wizards were Oz and Dylan, and the bottom two wizards were me and Bryce. And so wouldn't you know it, me and Bryce got on the <laughs> same team against <laughs> Dylan and Oz. And there was a moment in the game where in one quadrant of the map, there were uh, three wizards and three apprentices oh, all boy. within like a foot and a half of each other, within 18 inches of each other. Like, oh boy. <laughs> it was danger zone. It was danger zone. <laughs> and uh, and I just I I just felt so assaulted. Uh, Ozzy just like swarmed me. He completely ignored Bryce, just went right after me oh, and yeah. was bullying me. And and they crushed they, they crushed us. It was it wasn't even funny. So but the scenario was whenever you pick up a treasure. You're supposed to roll on a uh, on a random monster chart, and so for this scenario, you roll, you make a special roll, and you add um, plus one for every treasure that had been picked up. And if and on an eighteen or twenty, a giant sandworm emerges um, on a in place of a random treasure um, on the map, and so like we started with twelve treasures. And yeah. with every, and every time a, a sandworm pops up, it lowers the potential number total number of treasures that can be got, you know, because it gets consumed by the sandworm that pops up. And but then but then you get extra additional XP uh, if you're able to, you know, kill kill the the sandworm. And so there was some there were a couple glory shots that took place. <laughs> I'm disappointed in that, where uh, I worked real hard to try to get one gone. And then I got gone, and then Oz just comes in and kills it, and I just, I just yeah, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I think I actually saw somebody else um, playing that scenario at the store like, yeah. about a while ago. This is a long time ago. Um, I think it was, uh, um, I think it was the brother-in-law, uh, Nick's brother-in-law and his friend were at the store playing right. and playing that scenario. Because I remember the sandworm, them talking yeah. about the sandworm possibly coming up and eating the treasure. Yeah. It's it's one of the ones that's in the main book. And so if you have yeah. the main book, you, you have that scenario. So, um, but Now, are you, are you guys still playing first edition or are you playing second edition now? So we have the PDF of the first edition. Mm-hmm. So without spending any additional money, we decided to play first edition. Okay. So that's I just wasn't sure if you guys had made the switch or not. Because yeah. yeah. I know second edition came out a couple of months ago, earlier right. this year. And, I have um, it, but Bryce isn't so keen on learning new games. Ah. And like, he, <laughs> he still likes fourth edition D&D. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, what he learned first. You know he what didn't I mean? raise it very well. Come on now. So, I mean, but, fourth, fourth Ed was good at exactly what it was trying to do, which was introduce people who had never played an RPG into an RPG. Yeah. I also like the fact that everyone started with a base of 10 hit points, as yeah. opposed to 3-5, where you could be a wizard 
with like six hit points and then a house cat crits on you and kills you in one shot. <laughs> Where the most dangerous <laughs> weapon was the rat on the end of a 10 foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> it's not version one where you know <laughs> yeah i don't mind the randomization of of rpgs um fourth edition was just super clean everything was tight it was it was very it was very easy to adjudicate rules um and it was uh which which is probably why i don't like it as much as like like i actually love second edition the best that's my favorite because it was it was developed enough, and it still had a little bit of that randomization feel, you know. So, but anyway, no, we're um, back on Frostgrave. We're looking at uh, like the next scenario, um, having like a uh, kind of like a scenario, like the sort of like that scenario that's in uh, Song of Ice and Fire, where you have a defender, um, and then you have like an attacker. Um, and so D and D minis makes these uh, catapult miniatures, and so I've got one. And I, what I thought I'd do is pick up a few more, and then and then have them positioned out in in the battlefield, and then have like a defender wizard in in like a citadel or something, and yeah. and then give the attacker special uh, like they can take a special action to load and shoot these catapults to try to. You know, I don't know. We're I'm still working on those rules, but like, um, I love what Joseph McCullough says about Frostgrave about gaming in general. You know, I brought it. I actually brought up the rule book right here. It says if you think of ways to make your games of Frostgrave more fun and interesting, then do it. It is your game after all. And and I just I just love that permission that he gives. Um, you know, he gives, but of course, Frostgrave has so many supplements and so many ideas. You know, it's easy just to modify something that already exists rather than yeah. start from start from scratch. But that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention, and uh, if you're part of our Discord, you could have seen a sweet photo of your gaming table. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I try to post whenever we're playing. Um, I got some new uh, new arches that are like I don't know, maybe eight inches long and. And at the apex, probably an inch high, and so I and so that it's perfect to go over the two D water terrain that I have, and so, um, and so our next game is going to have way more water, and and way more art. I have more bridges that I didn't that weren't on that table already, and so and and we're going to bring out a raft, and we're going to have. And that's the other thing that I introduced was like a raft that you could cross the water with and we can just go downstream be like legolos just pew with your archer pew as the as the raft moves now are they're in the raft while the party's on there <laughs> yeah well that's the thing is uh it, yeah it, it's it's it would we wanted to make the raft for movement like we modified the movement of the raft or what it would take to move the raft we wanted to make it beneficial because you can wade through the water mm. at half your speed, or you can take the action to take the raft instead, and and so we wanted to make it beneficial to try to make the map more interacting, interactive. So, nice. yeah. and and I think that raft came from D and D minis too, or Wizards of the Coast, I guess I should say, right? Yeah, uh, they're the ones who are making those those pre pre primed miniatures. Uh, 
I think WizKids is a separate company that has the, the licensing rights from Wizards, okay. but I don't remember. Yeah. Either way, they're really great for yeah. you know for adding flavor to your Frostgrave tables. So, and and I think I think our Frostgrave table is is one of the best. Like, I'm having so much fun, you know, just moving things around, and every time we play, it's it's more dynamic, mm-hmm. you know. So, I can't wait to get to a game in Frostgrave with you guys. I think it'd be fun to have a campaign. <laughs> Someday, someday. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have somebody teach me the rules. I don't know the rules. Right. Oh, super easy. It's one of the easiest. That's what I love about it. And and then uh, and then you can use any miniatures you want. Ozzy uses War Machine and Horde miniatures. Um, Bryce uses Ozzy's War Machine and Horde miniatures. <laughs> um, uh, Dylan uses miniatures from some board game that he like kickstarted that. He doesn't play the board game for because the board game's not very fun, but the miniatures are cool. Oh. And, then, and then I use uh, Reaper because I, I really like Reaper miniatures. So yeah, I like their metal line. Um, yes. uh, they have a nice heft, and so I use I use metal uh, miniature Reaper, Reaper miniatures. So nice. yeah, yeah. Well, I've got lots of I've got lots of miniatures. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. All we sorts all of war machine miniatures. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't want to use I wouldn't want to use 40k miniatures, um, but there is a box of some really cool fantasy. Um, they're like they're not wood elves; they're shadow knights or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Some some elf box that we have at this at work that I keep thinking about buying because they're just cool models. I don't care that I don't play Warhammer Fantasy, but yeah, they would be cool. And then there was also those. Um, that other Kickstarter that somebody posted in the Discord that is those 32 millimeters, the Dungeon Delvers, I think is what it is. It's like the the offbeat miniature uh, lines. Those are all super cool. Those Dark Dwarves, like I I think those Dark Dwarves and those mice, those mouse folk look really, really cool and I'm tempted to back and get one of them. Yeah. If I had to if I had a uh, 3D printer, I would do it just for the STL files. Yeah, yeah. I was considering that too. I, I looked at those. I was like, okay, those look sweet. The STL files would be neat, but I think you really need a resin printer. An FDM yeah. wouldn't wouldn't be very good for those. Yeah, they look yeah. too small. So after yeah. the resin, well, I'll definitely have to wait until that becomes more affordable to me. Yeah, but I uh, was gonna get. I actually backed the Dungeon Delvers, and then. Um, and then I actually just canceled my my backing yesterday because um, I was doing a little figuring. I think they're going to be. Uh, I wanted them for my T nine A army, but I think they're too big. They're thirty two mil, and um, and my T nine A army is on like twenty mil basis. Oh, okay. And and so they would just they would just scale wise, they just wouldn't really fit. That and okay. that and, and my wife revealed to me that money is a little tight right now, and so supporting a <laughs> Kickstarter. Uh, would not be in my best interest if I wanted yeah. her to uh, like me. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's fair. I understand. We yeah. we had we had a, quite a few house expenditures this year. So yeah, right. Um, that's just that's just how it goes. So yeah, I was gonna say but, if you get the STLs, you could always scale them down. If you had your own printer, you could shrink them down to the size you would want. But well, maybe in the future. I yeah. actually think. 
I actually think that what they're doing is probably the future of gaming. And, and I think it would be worthy for us to do a little research and, and, and dedicate an entire episode um, to talking about what we think the future of the gaming would look like. Um, actually, um, not even them, but, um, but also uh, one-page rules. Have you heard of them? So, so you get these these free rule sets that are available online, right? That people write that simplify games for you in every kind of genre, and and one and they took the next step, and then they so they made these PDF files of of two D like stand in like standees that you print, cut them out, fold them, and now now you're playing with paper miniatures, right? And then now the next iteration of, of them is, is they're producing their own miniature line, but they're not selling the miniatures. They're just selling the STL files. Yeah. So now you can get, you know, the 3D files to make your own miniatures to play these one-page rule games. So I think, I think they're onto something like Anvil miniatures, one-page rules, um, you know, uh, people like that. Um, I wonder how long we're going to have proprietary specific models for proprietary specific rule sets yeah and, and for that to be the norm so yeah but. probably yeah that'll depend on how long how much uh more easily available printers become and how many people yeah. start uh spending the money to do it themselves or to to get yeah. their own printer that's true because there might be a large player base that may not want to yeah yeah uh, it, it takes up space it's dealing with yeah. If again, if you're dealing with resin, you're dealing with the liquid. You have to be careful of odor, spillage, etc. Cleanup. Yeah, it it can be a hassle. Um, now, granted, I was half tempted to back a uh, a 3D printer that could basically has an endless Z height, so it printed on an angle and just kept going forever. So, like their example, they printed like a 17 foot pole or something like that. Oh or, my gosh, know, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> literally, I mean, a lot of filament, but it literally had no. You could just keep going the assembly line style it was, but I don't have that sort of money or really need. It just was really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have a and and mess around with that. <laughs> yeah, fact that you could just cosplay a big sword if you wanted a big sword or whatever else you wanted. Yeah, like for real, sure. I actually, think that's uh, a really good idea. I want a really big sword now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, does. who doesn't, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a big old uh, Zelda sword that looks like two D, like or like sixteen bit or eight bit or whatever Nintendo was like. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> 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 oh, I digress. But well, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the year that was, right? So true to form. The year that was own. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, we have our own kind of filter that we're that we're going to be filtering the year through, and so we basically have uh, three questions that we're going to answer today. Uh, one of them is: When it comes to hobby, uh, what was your greatest victory this year? Uh, when it comes to the hobby, what was your greatest challenge? And then, and then, what do you hope for? So it's kind of going to be a sandwich: something good, something less good, something good, right? Uh, I was kind of looking back at at our previous episodes, and um, and this uh, this episode that we did last year, uh, the title of it 
was something catchy, like the year we finally get uh, get it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was hubris <laughs> right there. Who knew that 2020 was going to be the way that 2020 was? I, whatever yeah. goals we set last year, I I did not meet mine. I don't, I'm sure you guys didn't either. <laughs> or maybe you did. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> thinking, thinking back on it, I did actually, uh, looking back through my pictures of stuff that I painted, I think I did actually hit one of my goals, but it wasn't the thing that I meant to do. Or it wasn't the it wasn't the painting goal I meant to accomplish. It was something different, but it was still my overall uh, yeah. goal. Because uh, and I'll I'll talk more about that later as we as we get sure. to that. Well, why don't we get to the first question? What was your greatest uh, victory or the you know best thing about twenty twenty for you when it comes to hobby? Oh, on the hobby side, it's always kind of. It's been a tough one, like, you know, just not losing interest, right? Like, that's almost the greatest thing of, like, accomplishment, almost uh, halfway joking, right? Um, but as you're saying, it kind of reminds me, like I said, the year went by either way. Uh, a quote I recently read, I'll edit it a little bit, right? Like, you could spend the year crying or you could spend the year, you know, smiling. Either way, a year goes by, right? Yeah. So, yeah. make the best of it. Um and for the most part, I think it's been nice to actually have gotten a few things painted. Um, I did get, I was keeping up really good on my Marvel Crisis Protocol releases for a little while. Um, and then, then again, time just kind of school starting back up and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, just really, I think it's been, been joining leagues, participating online as much as I can, you know, since we can't get in person is at least still keeping up with some of the gaming and, and trying to have those connections and get stuff done um, while it has time. So, whereas I, you know, if we weren't stuck at home most of the time, I, I may not have joined up with like, you know, the war table leagues and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, not a huge accomplishment, but you know, I've, I've, I'm getting stuff assembled at least. <laughs> well, stuff I think, I think not losing interest is, yeah. is a victory. I mean, right. There's uh, there's a lot of things that have uh, stressed that have applied stress this year to, to you know to gamers to hobbyists like us and so um, and uh, that's a good thing. So, Chad, what about you? What was uh, your greatest victory? Uh, so my greatest victory was actually it was like I said I was going back through some of my pictures and stuff and I realized that. Um, the goal that I placed last year was this year I wanted to complete, uh, I wanted to get a faction or an army fully painted. Uh, last year I was able to finish up my circle army um, at the tail end of the year. I managed to sneak through and, and finish the last handful of models to get everything done. And I realized looking through my pictures and things like that, that I actually did uphold that promise. I had wanted to paint all of my Stark army and then, due to some financial constraints, I ended up actually getting rid of my Song of Ice and Fire stuff. But I realized back in April, I actually finished fully painting and basing all of my Death Guard army. Uh, yeah. And I took pictures of it huh. at the store uh, on the display table that I set up. So it's like 3,600 points of all Death Guard that's fully painted. And I have a few extra models that I need to do that are some more Plague Marines from the recent um, Special Heroes box that came out not that long ago. But other than that, I've got 3,600 points of Death Guard that's fully painted and based. Um, I managed to 
paint all of the Space Marines, the Ultramarine stuff for the store. That's our mm-hmm. store display models uh, from the Indominus box. I recently finished those up. So it's actually two factions I was able to finish get getting fully painted. Um, now you're bragging. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of this was stuff that was already done, and it was like finishing up the last of the project. Yeah. Basically, it was that it was that home stretch, like ten percent that I had yeah. finished that I was able to finish this year. And at the beginning of the year, I like. I remember right at the turn of the year, I was I was really motivated, and I was getting a lot of stuff painted, doing a lot of stuff, uh, and then yeah. the biggest challenge that I overcame was like right around that time of like, um, I think it was around April. I finished up the Death Guard stuff, and shortly after that, I kind of like I lost, um, I lost motivation, and I and I didn't pick up a paintbrush again for like a couple of months. Yeah. And I started getting back into it and getting some more stuff done. But, uh, you know, like I said, the the big accomplishment for me was I, I was able to get some large projects finished off. And I'm, I'm actually very happy and proud of um, getting those done um, because painted armies look great. And uh, okay. from being being a store, a person that works in a store, if you're trying to promote miniatures games painted models on a table pull people in because they walk by and see something cool and they're like oh man what's this and and it helps it helps a lot yeah. so yeah i like that i think for me um i'm going to choose something that's more community oriented i think in terms of what my greatest victory was um and i was uh and it feels so long ago that I can't even believe yeah. that it took place in 2020. But yeah. <laughs> um, but but food machine um, yeah. was was January of 2020. We started the year with oh a gosh. with a charity event, <laughs> food machine, and uh, and the event itself uh, had low participation, but we had incredible amount of donations. Uh, there were some folks who weren't able to make the event. Um, who who donated anyway outside of you know of the of the event and everything, and and my car when I when I drove to this to the school, the back of my uh, little SUV thing was filled with food, and and I I just I just think that was amazing, and so yeah, um, and it just and it just reminds me of the community that we have in in our area. And and truly, how many friends and stuff that I've made in the process of, of gaming and hobbying with them and stuff, and which is like probably would f- leads to my greatest challenge this year. Maybe um, is is just that that loss of community. Like like I, I really miss seeing people, yeah. and you know, uh, Chad, I get to see you in real life when I visit the store, yeah. but like. I haven't seen it's not the I haven't same. Seen folks in yeah, and like I don't know, in months. And yeah. you know, and, and friends have moved away, um, you know, and friends have lost their jobs and you know, all these things this year. And and so it's like and the thing that brought us together in like when it comes to real life matters a little bit less, you know. Um yeah because real life things suddenly got real important this year. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. 
So I think for me, uh, so I think, yeah, the greatest challenge for me, I think is, is, is trying to remain hopeful and, and trying to keep the community together. And so, um, like I'm real proud of, uh, the participation in our discord. We have, we have a lot of folks who, who get on and talk on a regular basis and, and, and one of the, and actually I, we can actually add this in our, in my challenge or my, uh, success is the startup of the paint party has actually yeah. revived a lot. Like, yeah, I love paint party. And, and so, and, and like, it's funny, like, I don't even talk a lot. Like all these other yeah. people are talking <laughs> about, I just want to be listening to the chatter because it reminds me of being at the store mm-hmm. and listening to the chatter while I'm rolling dice yeah. or painting the back with whomever, you know? And, yeah. um, and so paint party does that for me. It also means that I have a designated hobby time and, and I've been getting more building done and I, I haven't been painting during the paint party recently, but like, um, but I was painting in the beginning, but, yeah. um, but it's building and, you know, and it just feels good to see, to see progress on your projects. Right. So, no, so that's a- like, yeah, that's my victory and challenge all kind of tied, tied together into, into one kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. And if you too want to join the paint party, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific. Follow That's through right. the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. We have a we have yeah, a listener in like Germany who wants to participate, but it's like in the like early in the morning for them or something. Oh, They're no. like, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't work for my timing, but it works for quite a few. Like I even the group I got on there, like it was only like me, Curtis, and Hans. I was like, ah, oh, I mean, good group, don't get me wrong. But you know, there's other yeah. been other times I'm like, you know flipping through at, you know, getting the kids to bed. I'm like, I see like seven people on. I'm like, they can put themselves to bed, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all different. Like there's yeah. a couple people who are on like regularly. And then like, there's a rotating cast of people, you know, who get on when they can and it's cool. So. Yeah. yeah I've great. been, I've been trying to pop on when I can even, there was one night where I wasn't even working on anything. I was just hanging out with people and, yeah. Um, I've been trying to get back having projects to work on painting. And um, now that I've found out that I can just do some priming in the store after hours in a cardboard box and just let it air out, um, I can get some more priming and stuff done in the future uh, nice, and, have more, and keep some projects going while the weather is still not friendly for priming. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, doing some of that later on right now i've got uh some space wolf stuff that i have been working on and trying to finish i got all primed and stuff that i'm trying to work on yeah that's excellent yeah for christmas my parents actually got me some uh primers i can put through my airbrush so oh awesome but nicer you know i have a little airbrush booth so i can either set that up in the garage or worst case in the house and try to vent what i can outside but uh, i don't know if i want to mess with primers inside still a little bit, but you know, even so, I could do it yeah. in the garage in that little booth. Yeah. But yeah. Um, kind of leads me into my challenge of like, it's just time, 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 time. You know, it's finding time to do things when, you know. So again, like I said, the year we get it right. I was gonna, I was gonna have you know, a lot of time during the week to do stuff, and you know, this year it's just been you know, I'm probably around my kids on average, you know. 18 to 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <nearby. laughs> I mean, granted, that's sleeping, but then I'm trying to sleep too. They're still nearby, right? They're around. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> you know, um, that's what I think just been my biggest challenge is just, is just getting through, finding the time. Um, like yeah. I said, the staying, staying motivated because if the models aren't going on a table or in the store to hook other people in, right? Like what's, what's my motivation to get something painted if I don't know I'm going to play it for a while, right? Yeah, Dan, you should you should do it for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should do it for me so that I don't have to keep riding your back about it. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I mean, I did get that one army painted back in October, a little brawl machine, a team list. But you know, yeah. like I said that and MCP has pretty much been it. Um, that's yeah, that's all the challenges because yeah. you listed yours. Yeah. Yeah, we both kind of shared yeah. Our challenges. Yeah. Let's let's end on a good note. Um yeah. or end the topic on a good note. What's one thing that you hope for in uh 2021? Stores to fully open um, up more. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I'm I'm just gonna kinda keep rolling for trying to aim for a third year in a row of um getting some army fully painted. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to be yet. It might just be more of the space wolf stuff that I have or some of the other small things. Um, or it could be some other stuff. I don't know yet. Uh, I've yeah. still got some circle stuff that was from riot quest. Um, I guess, uh, hopefully get the rest of the riot quest stuff done. Um, cause wintertime wasteland just got released. Um, I just got all of my stuff from that Kickstarter I still have about uh, probably close to a dozen models that came out at the beginning of this year um, that I haven't gotten the chance to get around to painting despite being really excited for them. Uh, they came out and I got them around the time that I had lost that motivation. So um, I've got a vacation coming up here at the beginning of the year when the store is going to be closed because uh, we all need a break. And uh, I'm going to take that uh, one of those days to get a bunch of stuff assembled, all the wintertime wasteland stuff assembled. Um, I need to figure out what I'm going to do for the basing for this, for a lot of the stuff. And I haven't decided that yet. I've only gotten, I only actually did full basing on one of them, the wolf with no name. Cause I was actually going to use it in regular armies, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get the right quest stuff done, um, in 2021, uh, and try and keep working on some other projects. Um, I also realized it's been a while since I did, a really big piece um, and mm. I want to try and find something really cool. That's going to be an interesting model to paint where I can kind of challenge myself a little bit more and um, do something that's kind of a big show piece. Uh, really take my time on it. Maybe try some new things. I'm not sure what yet, but I realized the other day as we, as I got closer to Christmas, it's been a while since I painted uh, a larger kind of show piece. And uh, I want to do that in 2021 sometime. Nice. Nice. What about you, Dan? Um, well, it'd be nice to like to play some games in person. Um, yeah. That's the goal this year. Um, should be possible later in the year, maybe. But first half, uh, focusing on, you know, trying to niche out that time, get some more more videos for our YouTube, right? Um, try to be a little bit more consistent on that would be good. Um, got got enough stuff. It's just it's getting to find that time. Um, I want to... Uh, Let's see here. Probably get some uh, Riot Quest, Monpoc, Warcaster. Got all of them still to paint up. Neutral models to paint up, right? 
got a lot of stuff. I still got a lot of models, and thanks to uh, to Rune and Board, got a lot more models now. I got to assemble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, darn them in sales. Um, and so, and a little bit of Christmas money helped with that. So, I want to kind of try to get back in the swing, get that painted up. Um, I still have time this year to maybe complete an army. I have the the other side um, army that I got primed up. So, nice. um, I'll talk about that in the hobby section. But uh, I want to learn to play like conquest when that kind of you know kind of jump on the the ward rune war rune. I really need to figure out how to say that. You know the dinos and yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, orcs riding dinos, right? Feathered dinos. Yes, you know, you can do some, you know, have an idea. Like, they look pretty cool, right? I just I picture them with the very vibrant colors. You know, the feathers more of like oh, yeah. yellow, orange. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, totally. Aztec all the way on them. I mean, that's probably what they're kind of going for. But I'm I'm fine with that idea. Um, I'd like to get some N four in, learn kind of the difference onto that. Heyo, that'd be that'd be cool. Um, really, just. Like those are some of the main kind of short-term goals, I guess, when we start playing in person is get to learn those games, um, get some of the more things painted. It would be nice to catch up on some of the releases. And yeah. then, uh, you know, like I said, we'll play some of our good old games, you know, Malifaux still got to figure out that game a little bit more. The It seems straightforward yeah. enough on the rules, the schemes that gets me. I'm like, okay, what, you know, <laughs> haven't played enough to really understand that, but yeah. Yeah. And I still have my, uh, my Victoria's crew primed and ready to paint at some point. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, we can get together and play. <laughs> get it painted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah, finish this out. Um, I have, uh, I think I'm going to reset my previous goal and then add another goal and, and then add kind of like sub goals. So, um, when we when we get back to playing War Machine on the table at the store, I want to have um, a painted list, and so um, and so I got real close finishing my Legion list, and and then like the CID hit, and then I haven't figured out what I want it to look like now, and so I have to figure out what that list is going to look like, and then paint those models because I, I have to make revisions to the list. And then, um, and then, uh, and then, my first army that I want to finish is my my T nine A army. Um, I want to do that while I still have the creative energy to do that. And so, um, uh, so that's those are the sort of two goals that I have. Uh, that's a significant amount of models, um, but it is what it is. Um, and so here's and here's the process goals that I have for myself. I've been listening uh, to the hobby segments of the White Noise podcast, um, and there's a there's a guy named Dimitri who runs the Lazy Painter blog, and so he has strategies for painting quickly and efficiently, and and so what I want to do is employ some of those strategies um, because. You know, you, you fall into that pit where you you can spend hours on a single model, and if it's just a grunt, you're wasting your time. You know, and so yeah. um, and so I want to employ some of those strategies, and one of the strategies that I want to use this year is I want to try using a size three and a size four brush, 
because you can load more paint on there and you can probably do a fairly decent job a little bit quicker. Yeah. And so um, I think sometimes I, I think I use too small of brushes on some on some on some of the models. So yeah. that's kind of what I hope for. I hope to improve a little bit in the hobby, and then I hope to um, complete a little bit more more of the hobby. I guess is the word I want to say. Nice. Um, yeah, it's good. Hey, speaking of hobby, uh, what's on your hobby desk right now? Oh, right now, I've got uh, as I was saying the uh, my main thing is the other side's uh, um, King's Empire army that I got, and like I said, I glued them all down, magnetized them, got them all primed up um, with white because I plan on using the Scale seventy five instant colors, basically kind of like the contrast paints, and I want to. I still got three days before the end of this year, so I might still get them done. Yeah, probably not, but um, at least get a tester or two model done. So I want to try to do those mainly in the scale 75 because they're small enough. Again, they don't have to be super pretty. I'm not looking for for really, really great, just pretty good. So I'm going to try, try for the most part just to use those colors, go almost as fast as I can on them to see how that turns out, you know? Okay. Um, and since they're a whole standalone army that I have, they they can be a little different, right? You know, I'm not stuck in my, you know, trying to put them into a riot quest or, or Monpoc where I've already like, you know, used acrylic paints or something like that, you know, style on them. So they can be their own thing, which is nice. So even right. if I do this up a little bit or they're a little off, they'll be all together. Yeah. So. Nice. I can't wait because I, I have a the other side army I need to put on the table. Yeah. Well, the whole reason I bought some is because, you know, you have some, some other guys talked about picking them up and yeah, I got in the hype. There's a couple people in our area who have it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, my, my hobby, my hobby desk has uh, been very immobile lately. The only thing I've successfully <laughs> done is primed all of my models for the ninth age army that I've been building. And so that feels good. Yeah. So, um, I did some xenothal priming on some of the models and then just straight priming on the others, uh, depending on what I, what my vision was for them. So, um, I got some of those scale 75 Insta colors as well. And so I'll be using those on a portion of them, but not all of them. So how about you, Chad? Uh, stuff I've been getting done the last couple of weeks. I got a unit of Wolfen done. I, um, Space, a Space Wolf's Captain and Ragnar Blackmane. I just finished up, uh, I think, last week. Um, just last night, I finished up painting a three-man unit of Thunderwolf Calf that I had. And today, I started putting the... Um, working on my 10-man ten, ten unit of Assault Intercessors. Um, I got there earlier today. I got the, um, the armor coloring down, so... They're, they've got paint on them. Next, I'm going to start doing the, the metallics and then go through and start working on all the details and hopefully get some work on those done today and probably finish them up maybe throughout this week or finish them up when I get on vacation next week. Nice. nice. Yeah. Very nice. After that, I think I'm planning on... I think after I get those done, my plan is to start working on the Riot Quest stuff. 
Uh, and then when the Death Guard Codex comes out and the couple of new models that are coming out with that come out, I'm going to do those and the other Plague Marines that I have all at the same time. Cool. Uh, and then I'll have my Death Guard army back up to fully painted. I know that there's at least one, there's at least one like Terminator model basically that's coming out. And then there's um, a piece of a, a terrain piece thing. That's the, uh, the malignant factorum, I think is what it's called. It's like a little furnace with a smokestack that makes putrid, putrid gas that um, fills the area. It's like a little terrain piece model thing that uh, that helps protect your Death Guard, and then if enemy models are nearby it, um, they suffer penalties. Nice. Yeah. So, now as a bonus, I want you to work in the base some sort of pump that actually puffs smoke out. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I don't have those. Get a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, good. Well, this is a fun episode. I'm Set excited. up a little bowl in there with like those little incense triangles or something, and just like light it and drop it in. So it just there you go. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a fun episode. I'm excited for another year of of podcasting, and I'm looking forward to more stories to come out of the games that we will be playing. We eventually in the future. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, so thank you for listening. Um, we would love for you to tell your friends about us. Uh, and we would love for you to join our Discord server. And so you can be part of the ongoing conversation that takes place um, on a regular basis. Uh, you can find everything you need at spellstoreminiatures.com. You can even find links for our T-shirts and everything like i was wearing my spell store manager t-shirt the other day um oh, yeah, i need to get one of those so, <laughs> yeah. so it was nice and comfortable but anyway um and then uh, on whatever you know uh server you're using uh to listen to us just give us a positive review it helps other people find us as well and uh and uh, we thank you for listening
Thank you.